Last week here on Graceful Truth, we were continuing our series, Wisdom for Living. Today we'll do so with a continuing look at our hearts. Last time we were together, we looked at the definition, the characteristics, and the problems. Today, we'll focus on the preparations of the heart for a life of godliness. Graceful Truth is next. Join us. So you want to live a life of godliness. You desire to live a life that has a bit more meaning than what you're used to or what you see around you. So how do you go about doing that? Well, here in Proverbs, we have some marvelous truths laid out for us. Preparations of the Heart is the title of today's message in our continuing series, Wisdom for Living. We're in Proverbs chapter 2, looking at verses 1 through 9, and the preparations of the heart, what it means to prepare our heart for godliness, the discipline of the written word, the inner desires, the prevailing prayer, daily consistency. These are all issues that we'll focus on today, so please join us. Here's Pastor Steve Converse now with this edition of Graceful Truth. It says, now therefore listen to my, me, my children, pay attention to the words of my mouth. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. It's so important that we understand that our hearts are bent on sensuality. That's just the way that they're made. But look at chapter 6, verse 20, and you see the answer for that action that's not honoring the Lord. He says in, in verse 20 of chapter 6, my son, keep your father's commands. Do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your, what? Heart. Tie them around your neck. So there's ways that we can deal with these actions of our heart that aren't necessarily honoring to, to the Lord. And the heart is also susceptible to anxiety, to gloom, to depression. People deal with this all the time. It's even spoken of in the book of Proverbs, chapter 12, verse 25. It says, anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression. Wow, two for one. You want to get depressed? Get anxious. But that's so true, isn't it? In chapter 14, just turn the page, verse 13. It says, even in laughter, the heart may sorrow. In the end, may be grief. Well, what's, what's the answer to that? In 1430, it tells us, it says, a sound heart is life to the body, but envy is rottenness to the bones. In other words, get some joy in your life. Chapter 15, verse 13. A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance, but a sorrowful heart, uh, but by sorrow the heart, by sorrow of the heart the spirit is broken. So we need sometimes to just kind of relax and to realize that, hey, you know what? God has things under control. We don't need to be all anxious and gloomy and depressed. I mean, if you want to get that way, just turn on the news. I mean, it's very easy. You'll be pulling your hair out or scratching your head or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. But it's important that we understand that that's the way our heart naturally goes. Those are the natural inclinations of our heart. And the heart leans toward also indiscriminate sharing. It says in verse 2 of chapter 18, a fool has no delight in understanding, but in, but in expressing, what? His own heart. There's a tendency that's characterized sometimes by too much transparency. Sometimes we talk too much and we get ourselves in trouble. Well, 
those are some of the things that the actions of the heart, the problems of the heart, heart. We read this morning Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through whatever. We actually read the whole chapter. But as you focus on verses 1 to 9, it kind of shows you how you can get this kind of wisdom that we're talking about in Proverbs chapter 2. And it's talking about, it uses a, a kind of a, a phrases here that, that talk about treasure. It talks about searching for things. Have you ever been little and you started searching for, uh, you know, something, maybe a lost toy or whatever? I remember one time we, we thought that we were going to dig a, uh, a tunnel to China. It's just crazy. We went over on the side hill and we started digging in this shale thing. And we, the more we dug, the bigger this, this cave-like thing got. I don't know what it was. And we got in trouble for my brothers and everything because, I mean, we basically almost took down the whole mountainside because <laughs> we just kept on we're thinking, wow, we're going to find something, a relic or something. And we, we'd go out there for days and just dig in the dirt. I mean, it kept us entertained for weeks throughout the summer. So my brother came home one day and looked over there and saw this gaping hole. What are you doing? You know? But it was almost like we were mining for something. Have you ever gone and, and searched for uh, gold? Has anybody ever done that? I had a, a buddy in college, and uh, he was a roommate, a pastor's son. He lived up over in a little town uh, out in the valley near, uh, down near Fresno somewhere. I, I can't remember the name of the town. A little tiny town, real small church. And uh, he took me home one weekend from college, and uh, he said that, uh, uh, have you ever been um, dredging for gold? I said, No. Why? <laughs> I'm sure they found it all. Why would you do that? Oh, no, no, you can go out. And, and so the more he talked, the more I got interested in it. You know, I had some college payments I had to make and things like that. So I'm thinking, wow, you know, we'll go out and we'll find a nugget. And, you know, boy, it would just be well. And so he's telling me, oh, yeah, you know, and then to top it all off, he brought out this little vial of gold that he had that he found up in the Sierras there in the foothills. And so we get to his house and, you know, I met his parents and everything and Friday and dinner and everything. And I'm getting kind of excited about this. And that night he got the, he had, a, he had an actual dredger thing that we had to carry down to the, the creek, river, or whatever you call it. And, and uh, you know, it was this piece of machine that you stick in the water and it automatically sifts out all the gold. And I'm thinking, this is going to be a breeze, man. We're going to have our pockets lined with gold. And I just got, so we're up early Saturday morning. We get up and, you know, out there it's pretty hot. And it was just hot and dry and it was just kind of this, just hot day, and we got up early, had a good breakfast, or mom cooked or something, and we went down, loaded the pickup up, and we got this uh, dredger down there, and he went to his favorite spot, and we parked, and we unloaded this thing. It's kind of heavy, you know, and he had to haul all this equipment down this bank and down this trail, and we got to the bottom, and, and, and I'm looking around, and, and I'm thinking, Gary, where's, where's the water? Well, it's been kind of a drought, you know, this is back in the, the 80s, and he goes, so, you know, we'll have to search for it, and I'm thinking, Okay, well, what are you talking about, you know? And we started carrying this dredger all over this, this rocky, dry bottom. And it just wasn't what I thought it was going to be. A lot of work. And, and I remember getting to the, finally, this pool of water, stagnant water. Oh, and he was all excited. I'm like, okay, I don't see how this is going to work, you know? And he got the thing set up, and he started, you know, the dredging thing, and you know, and we got a whole lot of nothing. I mean, just to be honest with you, I mean, you know, 
I mean, he'd see, oh, see here, I, said, I don't see any. To me, maybe a little speck or something. I, I think that sometimes when we come to God's word, we just want everything to be handed to us, right? Well, sometimes you've got to do some mining. Sometimes you've got to get down and you've got to really understand what God wants you to discover. And there's nuggets in there. Trust me. But how can you become a person of God whose life is constantly walking in honor of him? I mean, that's a desire that we all have as Christians. How can we discover those riches in God's word that will help us to do that? And see, in this next little set of things here, in Proverbs chapter 2, we see some of the preparations of the heart that have to take place before we can ever even entertain God's wisdom. And it's like when we went dredging for gold, I mean, there was some preparation that had to take place. You know, we had to put the gas in the machine, we had to do all the stuff, we had to drive to the place, we had to hike down, we had, we had to do some stuff. Well, the only good thing is in God's word, the gold is really there. Okay, there really is wisdom there for us to glean and to get. And he talks about this treasure and in verses 1 through 4, he talks about the preparation of the heart. First thing is, he talks about the disciplines of his word. If you want wisdom from God, you have to begin to prepare your heart for it. How do you do that? You look to God's word. The first thing is you have to possess the right attitude toward God's word. It says, my son, if you receive my words, right, and treasure my commands within you. That word means to take along with you. To take it in. I guarantee you at the bottom of that dry rock bottom or whatever, creek bottom, if I would have found some gold, it would have come home with me. I wasn't going to leave it there. This wasn't a catch and release deal, okay? I mean, I wanted the gold. It's just we didn't find any. Well, when we come to God's word, we have to have the right attitude. And discovering God's treasure begins with an attitude that says, you know what? I, wanna, I want the Bible to make sure that, you know, I'm making the proper decisions, that it's giving me direction as a Christian. If you open up the book and go, oh, gee, what do I have to do now? That's not the right attitude. But if you open up the book and say, man, God, what do you have for me today? What are you going to teach me today? I guarantee you, he will teach you something. And I think secondly, you also have to saturate your mind with God's word. It says, treasure your commands, my commands within you. That word has to way of talking about hiding away. Not just taking it with you, but hiding it away and storing it up within you. And we're told to do that. Psalm 119, verse 11. Thy word have I treasured in my heart. And so, when you think of mining gold, or you think of mining nuggets of gold from God's word, we have to understand that we're responsible to conceal in our, in our own minds God's truth so that we preserve them as special invaluable. We have a lot of people today that maybe understand principles in God's word, but how they understand it is by hearsay. They didn't discover it on their own. Somebody else told them. And I mean, that works sometimes too. But there's something about the process of getting into God's word and understanding it and reading it. Well, also there's the disciplines of inner desire. It says there in verse 2, we must have an attentive ear. It's possible sometimes for us to slip through the empty motions of reading the print of Scripture just to do a devotion or just to do whatever. And that's what he says in verse 2, so that you incline your ear to wisdom. 
the term attentive, cause to be alert, that you apply your heart to understanding. We need to make sure that we're listening when we open God's word, that we have an attentive ear, and that we also have an open heart. It says, incline your heart to understanding. That really means to spread out, to stretch out our minds so that we are at a point where we can respond to life situations based upon the wisdom that we glean from God's word. I mean, if you're going to go, if you're going to make any money at dredging gold, you're not going to do it in an office, right? You're going to do it out doing what they do. And it's the same thing here. This isn't for passive Christians. This is for somebody who wants to get into God's word and really has a desire to understanding understand it. And then the, the third thing there, or third thing is prevailing prayer. He says there in verse 3, he says, yes, if you cry out for discernment. When's the last time you looked at a verse and you just said, man, I don't have a clue about this. God, show me. Show me what this means. Or maybe there's a situation in life and you're up against the wall and you don't know what to do. When's the last time you just went to your knees and said, God, show me through your word. What kind of decision should I make here? I don't want to make a decision that's not honoring to you. And he says, we must request understanding. This instruction, this request for understanding is coupled with the preceding line. It leads us to the realization that the source of wisdom and understanding is from who? From God alone. And that source is of little value if you fail to tap into it. I remember one time I was, almost ran a car out of oil. I mean, I thought it was the water, and, and it wasn't. It was the oil. The crankcase was almost dry. And I remember I was just, you know, not near an auto store or whatever, and I'm just praying, Lord, just get me to the place, get me to the place. And um, finally made it to an auto quest or something, and, you know, turned the car off, ran in, bought, you know, six quarts of oil, popped the hood, poured the oil in, thinking, okay, everything's good. Had some left over, went to my trunk, opened my trunk. Guess what I found in my trunk? Oil. <laughs> I had like six or seven bottles of oil in my trunk. But it wasn't doing me any good because I didn't tap into it. Sometimes that's how we look at the Word of God. We keep this Bible on our shelf or whatever, and we're, we're asking for wisdom in different areas of our life, and God's saying, get into the Word. Get into the Word. Ask me. I'm there to help you. And then also just the disciplines of daily consistency. It says there in verse 4 that if you seek her as silver, a mining term, and search for her as for hidden treasure. You know, you must seek wisdom with diligence. It's not just going to fall in your lap. That word seek indicates a purpose of discovering something. Just like when we went in that truck down that and walked down that uh, path all the way to the bottom. I mean, the, the only reason we did all that is because I thought I was going to get some gold out of the deal. If he would have said, hey, you want to carry this heavy piece of equipment down to a dry lake bed and just, you know, creek bed and we'll just kind of sit around and stare at the mud? That sound like a fun morning, Steve? No, it wouldn't. Not in 100 degree weather. But what kept me going? That piece of gold. See, and that's the same thing with God's word. God's word should be precious to our hearts. It should be something that we, we, we treasure. But you have to seek it with diligence and you have to pursue wisdom with patience. He uses a the term there, and search for her as for hidden treasure. One thing you know about people who look for treasures is that they're what? They're patient people. 
saw a documentary on the guy that he, he discovered the, uh, yeah, the Titanic and a bunch of different ships. And even during the documentary, you're watching the documentary and he's just showing them how the equipment works. And he goes, oh, look, I think we found something. And he found something else. And, but he said, they asked him during this documentary, you know, what's, and he goes, well, one of the things is you have to be patient. You can't just go out one day and think you're going to find the Titanic. No, you got you to do some research. You got to understand. You got to pursue wisdom with patience. That's what he's saying. And when you're digging, you're digging for the purpose of searching something out. And that implies taking some time. It's not playing morning devotion, Bible roulette. What do you have for me today, God? Let's see. That's not going to get you any wisdom. And all that is basically what happens as a re, the results of that is you, you have the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of God. Those two things are, are key to any Christian's life. I mean, in any mining project, the goal is what drives the workers. If the discovery is worthless, then the project, what? It becomes bitter. You know, I look at that experience with the, the my, you know, I don't look back and say, oh, have you ever been dredging for gold? And I, somebody asked me that, oh, yeah, it was just a wonderful experience. No, I go, yeah, I've been there. I ain't going there again either. Why? Because I didn't find anything. I guarantee if I would have found $100 worth of gold, man, I would have said, hey, let's go, right? So the, the results here of searching this out are the fear of God and the knowledge of God. And God promises to give us benefits. And they're listed there in verses 6 through 9. God causes wisdom and knowledge and understanding to result from within us. They're not separate from him, but they're sourced in him. He gives us his protection. He shields us. Proverbs 16, 7, he guards our path. And God directs us into a successful pursuit marked by satisfaction in life. Those are the, some of the benefits of searching this out. Well, when it comes to our heart, we have to understand that our hearts in their default form are what? They're wicked, they're evil, right? They're perverse, they're, 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 they're alienated from God. And the only way that we can tap into the wisdom of this book is to have that understanding before we even open up the pages. Because if we come to the book and say, oh, you know, I'm just so smart, I'm just going to understand everything in here. No, you're not. You need to rely, you need to humble your heart and come before a holy God and say, God, give me something out of your word today to make me, to help me through the day. Maybe you're in a counseling situation. God, give me the answer from your word. You know, so many times we run to books and we run to other people. Go to God, go to his word. The practical instruction that God gives for the heart is found in Proverbs 4, verse 23. If you don't get anything, get this this morning. It says, keep your heart, Proverbs 4, 23, with all diligence. In other words, watch over your heart. Why? He says there, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. See, your heart is the center of everything that you are. And you're, we're called to watch over that heart. Would you put your money in a bank if you went down to the bank at midnight and it was wide open? Safe's open. Oh, we just go in the honest, the honor system here. You know, you just come in and take whatever, and you know, we're trusting that you're putting in the right amount and taking it out. I don't think your money would be in that kind of a bank, right? You just wouldn't do it. That wouldn't make sense. Well, see, every day we're 
We're making deposits into our heart. Every day, there's withdrawals made from our heart. And is our heart just like an open bank? Or are we guarding our heart? Are we asking God to help us keep a guard over our heart? If our concealed heart is well guarded, then we'll be able to discern God's voice. I really believe that. I'm not talking about an audible voice. I'm talking about voice of the spirit, the voice of this word, the voice of advice from others. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as he thinks within himself, so he is. Problem is, so many times we get all this, all our hearts are cluttered with all sorts of stuff. Idols and substitute things, and, and, and we're just way off the mark. And so God's speaking to us, but we can't hear it. So we need to stop and we need to remember that as we look at the book of Proverbs, the first start is, where's your heart? Spend some time thinking about that. Spend some time thinking about what God says about your heart. Because God definitely wants you to have a pure heart. But you're not going to make it pure on your own. The only way you can purity can come to your heart is if it comes through you trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're putting your faith in Him. You're repenting of your sins and you're turning to God and you're saying, you know what? I'm at the end of my rope. I don't know what else to do. Be merciful to me, a sinner. God will make your heart exactly what he wants it to be. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Lord, we pray that as we look at our own hearts, we don't have to look very far to understand that they are not pleasing to you in so many different ways. Even as Christians, um, we don't live 100% in the spirit 24-7. And there are times when the darkness of our heart is unveiled. But Father, we pray that through your grace and through your mercy, that you will help us as believers to gain the wisdom that we find in your word and that we're going to find in the coming weeks in the book of Proverbs. But Lord, help us to make preparation in our heart in the meantime. Help us to begin to read through the book of Proverbs. Help us to begin to ask you to show us where the gold is and what we can glean from maybe verses or passages of Scripture Lord, help us not to just become a Christian that opens the Bible in the morning just to do the devotion, just to get it done. But Lord, help us to have that minor mentality that we're searching for something that is very precious, very helpful. And Lord, I know that you'll allow us to find it. And Father, we pray for anyone here this morning who's yet to put their faith or trust in you that you would cause them to cry out to you. That you would help them in their unbelief to see the big picture of who you are. That you're not in a, a God who's in heaven who's angry and trying to control them, but you're a God who's in heaven and loves them dearly. And out of your love for them, you want to reach out to them and forgive their sin, create in them a new heart. Take away the old stony heart and put a heart of flesh, a heart that can be pure, purified by your grace and your word. Pray that they would cry out to you. And Father, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for spending time with us here today on Graceful Truth, the ministry of Grace Bible Church here in Redwood City. 
It's our prayer here at Graceful Truth that God would reveal His grace to your hearts through the teaching of His Word each week. And we trust you're currently involved in a Bible teaching church in your area. If not, we'd love to have you come and visit us here at Grace Bible Church in Redwood City. We meet each Sunday morning for our praise and worship service at 10 a.m. We offer nursery care and Sunday school classes for our children up to grade five. And if you would like to encourage us here at Graceful Truth, please give us a call at Grace Bible Church here in Redwood City. Our phone number is 650-366-9923. That's 650-366-9923. We meet at 2225 Euclid Avenue here in Redwood City. Directions are on our website, gracefultruth.org, or again, simply call 650-366-9923. That's 650-366-9923. And again, we'd love to have you join us for worship. Simply call for directions or go to our website, gracefultruth.org. While you're at our website, make sure to check out the resource materials available from us here at Graceful Truth, including past programs of Graceful Truth that you can download for free. Gracefultruth.org is where to go. If you're writing to us, our address is 2225 Euclid Avenue. That's 2225 Euclid Avenue. We're here in Redwood City. The zip code is 94061. And again, our phone number is 650-366-9923. That's 650-366-9923. We thank you for spending time with us today and trust we'll see you next week at this same time for another broadcast of Graceful Truth with Pastor Steve Converse.